Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Caravan 13. We'd like to uh, just let you know that the DM and a certain elven sorcerer have been maybe partaking in the drinking a little too heavily, so the DM might be playing the part of a pirate maybe too well, and the <coughs> elven sorcerer might make decisions that are questionable for an elven sorcerer. So this episode may go well, or it could go terribly wrong. In the meantime, we'd like to open up with a section following. Are you recording me live? Are you fucking kidding me? Anyway. No, I just have a picture that's going to go up with this episode. Great. I just remembered what you're wearing for a shirt. Yes, I know. It's great. Sorry. um, Minor off-camera things are happening. We're going to open up following shortly after the end of last episode where the party was talking to the ever-so-eloquent, here-to-unnamed Captain Adrian Salazar about his deep-sea diving set of gear that perhaps was supposed to go along with a certain Sahagan skiff. And they were wondering why, mayhaps, the captain was so adamant about them not deep-diving into the ocean. I'm just going to keep my eyes closed this whole time. It makes it so easy. About them, perhaps, not throwing it overboard. The captain was so adamant. He even let slip about his time in the elemental plane of water. And as they're leaving the captain's quarters, one of the deckmates shouts to the captain, and I'll just say they're trying to threaten him, so I don't actually do that. Captain, Captain, we see a dark spot on the horizon. And the captain, with his high-raised, frilly collar, goes upon the front deck near the prow and gazes upon what to the party looks as a single dark cloud, almost as though among the cloudless horizon a single omen of doom in the horizon. Oh, shit. <laughs> might I remind you, the DM is drunk and might skip over some things he might have had So planned. we all see that then? Of course. Assuming you followed the captain and mm-hmm. the deckhand. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. You just see a dark spot in the horizon. Yes, you, you notice among the Normal tides and swathes of the storms are coming. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid? <coughs> I think we're fucked. Wow, would you like to metagame any harder, Makan? <laughs> <laughs> I think Vareed probably said that in character. Oh, we're fucked. Completely, 100%. That is Vareed's character. But on a Geiger counter of metagaming, I've got Chad at a zero, I've got Brandon at a zero, I've got a Makan at a... <laughs> Hi, welcome to Caravan 13, where two of us are drunk, two of us aren't, and the druid retired early for the evening. And that's your opening. So, uh, should we be tying things down? <laughs> Honestly, Captain Salazar looks at you and goes, I'd nearly worry about a single dark cloud on the horizon. Chad, 
there be nary but the sway of the <laughs> sea and the creaking of wood. Besides, what could ever happen with a single lone dark cloud in the eastern so sea? So the captain was right by us then? Of course. You, I assume you all followed so him relatively hastily onto the front of the ship as you look across the... Uh, rather angelic mermaid prow and stare off into the one single okay. cloud formation so in the distance. I would go to the captain uh-huh. and uh, say, I know you're at the storm, but we're leaving at the ship. Because, he, as you just said, if anyone gets a uh, look at me. <laughs> uh, you said it exactly as such. Maybe a little more less drunk. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> okay, so Captain Salazar goes, It be far in the distance. Should I notice the raining, you know, get a little closer. Should the weather turn for the worse. Unfortunately, I think hemp and tarp won't stop such a thing occurring. Are you really? Right now? <laughs> Dear Lord. Keep going. Yes, going. I know, I know. If he passes out, he passes out. It's true. I am not going to pass out. Sorry, there be drinks passing around the tables today. A lone tarp be not enough to stop. However, if such tumultuous weather occur, I will take the necessary precautions about said skiff. Then I shall be on my guard. Smee, Bozen. Would you mind getting the tarp for the guests, little water strider? He bellows onto the decks, and you see several deckhands with bows in them. Smee, throw a tarp over the skiff and kind of throw it under to one of the overhanging pieces of wood beneath. As I might remind you, the uh, the way the ship is located, this is a rather eloquent and gilded ship of the line where the, uh, obviously, as traditional ships are made, the uh, main, I'm just going to call it the wheel. I'm sorry, I'm drunk. I've forgotten most of my uh, ship terms. <laughs> what? Nautical terms. Nautical terms. Yes, thank you. Sorry, I'm deaf. The, the main wheel is towards the back, so they've obviously kept it closer to the back. Um, most of that is secured down. They've thrown a little bit of hemp and nonsense over it to try and prevent most of the moisture from tracking the, and I quote, low jack from occurring, should it touch water. We're going to say about a day goes by uneventfully where you two go up, sorry, two, four of you do your shipley duties as you notice that small dark cloud on the horizon grows ever larger, ever more present, and it seems as though it will eventually cover the ship. You notice rain in the distance as though a, a dark gray fog descends upon the ocean and the tides grow ever stronger. You notice occasionally <coughs> A rogue wave will crest over the bow of the ship and 
just splash the deck with a tinge of water. So I would never attack someone with double two. Same concern. So he's going to keep bringing up the skip. Gentlemen. I'm probably going to be sitting in my brig just going, fuck, why did I agree to this? You find at this point you are actively being showered in seawater. So sitting in your brig, I mean, it's home for now, but mayhaps it be unwise. Would you truly sit underwater for so long? With the rapturous tides of the It's underwater. Well, you know, there's probably, you know, water's coming in. And I'm just saying. Fine, I'll be sitting in the mess area, whatever it'd be called. That's fair. For Reed, I imagine you're as far away as possible, which can only be the crow's nest. <laughs> yes. Probably sitting next to part of like... Yes. <laughs> Isn't the water great? No. I love, I love the water. It's terrible. Really? I love I mean, the it's water. a little salty. That's great. You can breathe underwater and you don't get crushed by the pressure. Well, you that's not true. I mean, I still have to... I have to stay somewhat near the surface. I mean, if I lose you guys, if I actually went down, I'd probably lose you guys. Which isn't cool because if you ever stranded me here, I'd have to eat you. As a shark. Mm-hmm. What? Nothing. We can just do the dragons. <laughs> you feel that? No. No? Excuse me? Sorry, I, I swear on my life as a human being, and I'm nothing else but that, that I heard a drip of water. <laughs> I, on, okay, on my life, okay, it felt like okay. somebody... It felt to like be somebody fair, Okay, I swear to God, I heard something. <laughs> it's the drunk thing. It's the drunk thing. No, it's the that. sink. Okay, thank you God. You and Makana sink when you're sober. Me and me sink when we're sleeping. <laughs> Shut up, Brandon. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure there wasn't any rogue water escaping. I'm obviously... <laughs> we're starting to fall into the world of Caravan 13. We're fucked. <laughs> Hello. So, you... She seems a little concerned. Parta, normally quite the aloof character, almost, she has this look of, she darts her head from left to right, stern, stern to starboard. She's like, something's beneath the ship. Something not normal. The tide has grown ever more angry at us. I want to shout down to the captain that, uh, the elf says there's something large beneath the ship. <laughs> Rocks fall, everyone dies. <laughs> no, okay. Wait, what? Then I assume it would have to that be large for the elf to make sense. God damn it, Brandon. You're too drunk to understand the joke. <laughs> no, I didn't understand the joke. Okay. So, I'm sorry, man. You say uh, something large beneath the, the, the ship. The, the, there's Correct. something underneath the ship. Correct. That's what I figured you said. 
What do you mean the druids say something beneath the ship? Exactly what I mean. The druid senses something beneath the ship. That'd be impossible. The ship would... And he, you, you hear him stop as a, a large... Uh, the, the, the swaying of the sea crests left to right across the deck bow and stops. Obviously, the tides grow far more, uh, not angry, but so much, you feel as though the sea is reacting to your presence. And the, tide, the, the captain silences himself and steps up just before the main, um, I'm just going to call it the prow rod? You know, that, that section mm -hmm. of wood above what would be the angelic symbol above the ship that kind of cuts through the water. And he stands before it looking as though he's a rose looking for his jack. There's your reference for the scene. <laughs> cuts it off of the gate. Yep. And he he looks out and he puts his ear to the to one of the kind of armrests, the, the long guides among the whales. And he looks out onto the sea line. And you see that what was once a sapphire blue and clear sea has turned into a rather dark and mysterious being that almost seems intent on swallowing the ship whole. And he looks back at ye and he goes, Maybe she's right. We may not let her into the water the rest of the night. We must keep our eyes on the horizon for the silver streaks that may perhaps illuminate that which keeps our ship at bay. <laughs> Aye, Captain. I'll take it. <laughs> My character at this point is just basically praying to the four winds like... Protect magic? <laughs> Protect us from the north, north wind. Do not be harsh and merciful. <laughs> north wind, be do not be harsh and merciful. Uh, South wind protect us. Blah blah blah. Vareed, what it says to you. Vareed, remember when the captain said to us the ocean was mean? Yes. What if the ocean was alive? Then that's a very, very big picture, and you're but a fucking tick on its back. What is in that? I think the ocean's angry at us. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> I'm not sure. I and she like she like rubs her temples. And I'm doing this mainly for your guys' sake. It's almost like it's almost like the current we've been following has been leading us right towards something as she rubs her head and you notice the boat has you guys know uh, as she's mentioned it several times towards the last couple days that um, ever since she found that ocean tide where things were stronger the current was stronger the ship felt faster with her air elementals kind of guiding the sails and the like the boat had been on a expeditious path towards the new continent of which you guys are being brought and yet you find now it seems to be guiding you ever towards something maybe more dangerous. You can't tell. Just drop my dice. I shouldn't have done this. 
So she had said in the court, the recording. Okay, that's what I was about to ask. You weren't there that bad. They're like, Brandon Mayhaps, if Vereed is in the crow's nest and our good Ranger Gorak is in the mess, Mayhaps, where is Quinlis? I would be on the deck. You would be on the main deck. You would be exposed to the scene of the elements. Yeah. Okay. I would be um, trying to... Well, you said it's a storm, so I wouldn't be trying to find landmarks. I would Thank just, God. I'd just be helping out the crew. Just. Is there nothing greater than Quinlis than landmarks and shit duties? Um, I'd be setting my steps on this goddamn thing. Where... I must ask, is there a reason Quinlis would expose it upon the deck, the exposed deck enemies, than... Um, maybe somewhere more secluded where his results of experimentation would affect less people. Um, you said the brig is underwater. I never said the brig was underwater. I just said that were Gorak to be in his cell, I should say <coughs> cell, because let's be honest, that's what it is, that the portholes among the bottom of the ship would be consistently overflowing with water at a rate that would make it very hard to sleep and or meditate peacefully without constant interruption. So, I'd probably be in the mess hall then, I would say. So, you are with... Just watching Gorak hold his bucket like... Um, no, I wouldn't be watching. I'd I'd be studying my staff, trying to (coughs) still figure out its exact nature and properties. I could say, in order to mayhap, you know, maybe let Quinners do something more interesting, that you found that it reacts violently to physical contact of the user. Over the last day, you you know, you know, had that early experimentation and now you understand that the staff, when attuned to its user, allows a consistent emit of force when violently struck. If it would allow it. So I would say you've reasonably found the use of the staff. It's more of though you are finding a consistent use for your staff. Yeah. Which Quinris would realize is to be violently struck by somebody who intends to kill him. <laughs> Which on the open seas is far too infrequent to test reliably when a ship requires its deckhands. Yeah, um, you're in the mess hall, um, aren't you? Wait, I could say you've you've tested enough to maybe this is a recent discovery. I was saying that in that case I could help, um, because my guy likes magical artifacts and stuff like that. Okay. Let me check. Uh, chat about him. Or, I would ask him that, obviously. I was going to say, but do you know um, well, I saw everyone, because I was right there, I would see everyone pull stuff out of the chest, so I could at least ask him if I could examine said item. Gorak, would you allow Quinris to inspect such a unique and magical item as an illithid bow? Probably just pulls his head out long enough and he goes... Why would we want to do that right now? Well, I do like to catalog magical items and 
Learn the Matrix. Very quiet. So I would use you, my knowledge Brandon. Arcana. Yes, give me a knowledge arcana That didn't even roll. <laughs> that did not dropped. even roll. It straight up dropped. Please give me a proper roll. Jesus Christ. That's a sixteen. That was a sixteen. Before your intelligence, you can reasonably understand that this is an elephant bow. Uh, just as Gorik may has, uh, as he slowly tinkered with it and felt it, you understand that this is about, I would say, 70 years old uh, from its creation. You know it's an, an energy and arcane bow that has a, an enchantment on it that allows it to create its own spectral body that creates its own arrows and such. You know about as much as Gorak does. You understand it's a magical item. It's not necessarily unique but it is interesting considering its design. The Illithids themselves were not particular about bows, so the fact that such a creation was made leads maybe to another discovery of your own design that maybe the Illithids were planning something greater than just a simple longbow. I'd like to point out that Drunk James is so much I can tell it's funny. Brandon severely enjoys drug James responses more than he normally would. We just need to get you like a shot or two before you start. Shut up, Chad. A couple <laughs> shots. It'd be like so, would Quimerus maybe share his his own findings, even if it was only a precursory glance? Absolutely, because you know, as I said, I was looking both for my own personal interest, but also to try to help out my new comrade. Gorak, what do you think about these new findings that Quinris has brought to you? So you're saying they were trying to make a cannon or something? I'm sorry. Quinris, you don't know if necessarily they're making a cannon. I must impress that upon you, but you realize that Illithids being naturally creative creatures might have used this as a stepping stone to something far beyond that of a simple I wouldn't say canon, but I don't necessarily like the uh, path that this bow is creating. And for the sake of Gorak's character sheet, you do understand that it does deal necrotically. Is it necrotic? I had a feeling. It does. Its bonus damage is necrotic, at least. It does still do the piercing worst. damage, but its bonus is Yeah, it's a 1d12 piercing, right? Yes. And then a plus two necrotic. Correct. <sighs> okay. Well, it might not be a cannon, but I can only imagine what <coughs> what they would be doing. <clears throat> something big and something that makes a boom. Probably their gut. It's illithids. Exactly. I just pictured Gorg looking down the bucket going, Why is there corn? We get one reference for Sadie. Seriously. And we've already made it, kind of. I mean, technically this isn't a mess, but Jesus. 
<laughs> what's he like? have any cash? God, I've been right. drunk, but even I realize what? Okay, everybody, hold on. You know what? Yes. Sean, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. Excellent. Um, I think we can conclude this. Do we need to take a small break already? Really fast, just to just. I will be right back. And we're back. I believe Gorak had something to say to Quinlis. Something's got me thinking. Mm -hmm. If we're about to come into a storm. And we know that Cobb ain't gonna help us. This Maybe year. you should go figure out if there's something that can block the spell. You know, I actually was just thinking the same thing, so. I'd be quick about it. Yeah. Because I think something's coming out the other end, and I mean be quick about it. Go, you <laughs> bastard! <laughs> Gorak, you find mayhaps that in the middle of this storm. Quinris would be ill-equipped on his own, knowing that Bereed and Parda are stuck in the crow's nest and the usual deckhands are securing what loose items remain on the deck. You would brave the coming storm with your comrade. Uh, I can use it. You can bring the bucket. I'm bringing the bucket. <laughs> Gorak, I got my bucket. Gorak, give me a constitution save. DC 9. <laughs> What'd you get? It's a nine. Exactly. You passed. You only <laughs> barely make it upon the, you know, the main deck of the ship as it sways to and fro among the ever-increasing rage of the open sea as you enter what would likely be your first storm on the unadulterated plain that is the untamed oceans. Quinris... I also ask you make a DC nine constitution check. I need to verify that is, what is your constitution? Seven, eight, nine. With my con bonus. You have a plus two to your con? Mm -hmm. You barely make it, but you don't have the bucket, so though you feel likely to spew you find yourself able to continue your active search. You know that the portion of decking that the skiff has been relegated to, the, it's dry, though there is moisture among the air and as, as large droplets scatter across the deck towards the front of the ship, the back where near towards the, um, basically, um, I would like to point out for the listeners, the way this ship of the line is located, the the wheel and the active, uh, where the steer, the stairs, sorry, steers, Jesus, the stairs are that lead to the mess and the brig is all towards the back of the ship, whereas the front half near the prow is actually where the captain's quarters is. So you have the main deck towards the front of the ship is the captain's quarters, towards the back is where you would travel to lower decks. Now, I would like to point out that earlier yesterday, you were talking to the captain. As of today, oh, my apologies. Oh, okay, better. You have not seen the captain as of this morning. You saw him head towards the brig as he maybe grabbed some slop and such and entertained his crew with merriment. And then you saw him head towards the lower decks, far past the the, uh, the rising sun. And you have not seen him yet. You two are on the main 
Oi, Connors. Hmm? Got any spells on that book of yours you carry around that might help us? Well, unfortunately, the book is, ma- is a list of magical items. Um, no, no, Brandon. I'm sorry, Quinnis. Just because a book might be not magical items doesn't mean that a magical item might not have the same effect as perhaps that which affects the spell. If you're willing to entertain me with a, a D20, I might be able to guide you towards that which you are looking for. Absolutely. What did you roll? That is a five. That is a five. That means if I were to off the fly this perchance, towards the back of the index, towards the Y section, you might have understood that there was a a small we'll say for real life, just to give me a tether because I'm drunk, a DD Aztec Mesoamerican artifact that looked something akin to a small little fish hook. It allowed you to understand the location of things over water. You could realistically understand depth and speed. But that such an item has not been sighted for nary several hundred centuries, in fact, and that items in this day and age are Why am I doing this voice? Because <laughs> <laughs> you are a pirate. Hey, like I said. All right, all right, all right. But that is what you know. You know that there is, there are items that used to be able to tell such a thing, but they're so old that most humans would have forgotten about them, which would explain why the Sahagans have. I'm assuming he does too. <laughs> now here's my thinking. If they've got something like that, is there an item that can block it? Well, most magic. <laughs> most magic tends to have some kind of counter to it. The DM's role may have that magic book of yours if you were to entertain me with yet another knowledge arcana, which means you would actually use your intelligence bonus. I don't know how great your intelligence bonus is. Plus three. So, whatever you roll, plus three. That is... An 18. 19, 20, 21. That means you do know, in fact, that there is such an item. Why did I set that on that? No, but yes, indeed. You are great. That means you know that there was, at one point, such an entity that would allow you to not so much counteract the ability of things underwater, because no, for a simple fisherman, if you were to be, you know that such a magical item as knowing its depth, its current, its speed, would allow you to catch such a thing. But when you think in your current situation, what would happen if they knew which way they were, they were heading? They'd say to fish. Correct. So you know that such an item does exist, but you know that just as though locating an item as such counteracting such an item as such is equally as rare. Sorry. So you know that 
It is equally unlikely in the vastness of the Narok Ocean to find an item capable of blocking the, and I air quote, Sahagin Mojang. At least with conventional means. You know right now that as long as that skiff is not partially submerged in water, Mir, you know that reading through as you and Gorak open up this hitherto, at this point, were it dusty, muddy, air quote, tome of knowledge. So scatterings of water are not effective enough to activate the Lojack, but were more than, say, a quarter of it submerged, it would begin to actively ping its location with other items. So I'm so sorry. Other items of its ilk. So would it be aimed... So it's through magical means? Of course, absolutely. So could I hypothetically cast Dispel Magic? There is no harm in trying. My main question is... Um, I mean, I guess we don't. So give me just a moment. <laughs> And it falls into 50 pieces, and we lose our Sahagan ship. That would be really unfortunate, and spoiler alert, completely against that which I have planned. So it is a third level spell, which means you could cast it. Can I cast it at a cantrip? Um, to ensure, or would I be able to cast it? Or would I be able to get your advantage for a third level spell? That is an excellent question. One that I intend on answering... In but a moment. But first, I'm just going to read this to myself in quiet. So, Gorak and Quinris, would you mind discussing your course of action to our, our listeners and yourselves to perhaps give us a further understanding as to why you want to cast Dispel Magic? Well, I see that in the uh, in my book that there are some artifacts that can cause the user to specifically detect location as the uh, captain had said so I guess first need might as well just go the most basic just to see if it works I see if I can just dispel the magic of it all that idea I mean what's worse is gonna happen we're in the exact same situation we are right now lose the boat true but if water hits the skiff and creates a locator beacon is that necessarily the worst possible option? Yes, we do lose that means of transportation, but we don't have to worry about a locator yeah, beacon. We lose a boat with a lot of money. <laughs> now, I'm going to pause the situation as I noticed our player has a question. Yes, Makana. Worst that can happen, you fuck up and your dispel magic hits the normal boat. Chad and Brandon were having a completely normal conversation in character that Reed wouldn't have heard. Yes, now, and that's why I have my hand up. I know, I understand. I would like to um, mention that, yes, Chad and Brandon, Makana the player has a completely reasonable point. That were Quinris able to cast his spell magic in a larger field that intended, you would potentially undo things that your Captain Selazar had put upon the ship that well let's be honest I don't some think it would affect that badly. No it would. It would, it would. dispel any magical say. element upon the ship 
Yeah, what's the time? What's the size of a choose, level five spell? Choose um, any creature, okay. object, or magical effect within range. That any is correct. Spell of the level of lower ends, base spell of higher. Maybe now, to be that. fair, again with Quinrus's point, if he chose just the skiff, it would actually localize just within the skiff. He is targeting with both his words. I'd like to draw upon this, and I may elaborate more than I need to when. Quinrus decides to evoke this spell, both verbally, somatically, with his hand gestures. If there's any material needed, which, as I recall, with dispel magic, there is none. It is nope. simply just verbal and somatic. He would specifically, with his words, draw forth the arcana, which would target just that of the skiff, leaving both people, creatures, objects outside of such object without the effect of the spell, which... Yes, we as players understand that Brandon is completely blitzed out of his mind, but Quinrus himself is 100% crystal clear in his intent. There would be no fear of the ship coming under harm mm -hmm. in the case of Dispel Magic. Now, as the DM, I must remind you that the DC of Dispelling Magic equals 10 plus the spell's level on a successful check, the spell ends. I'd also like to, as a DM, remind you that as a player, you asked if you could cast it as a 5th level spell, which as an 8th level player, you don't have access to a single 5th level spell slot. Oh, I'm yet. sorry. 4th level. It's fine, but I must just remind you of that so if you wanted to cast it as a fourth level spell, I'm so sorry, I just removed this. Um, any creature, uh, any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. For each level or fourth or higher, make an ability check using your spellcasting ability. The DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. Unfortunately, you don't know the enchantment's spell level. I, as a DM, I'm going to be completely honest, would probably set it too high for you to pass. Well, Quinders would still at least try, because he'd still at least... Alright, let's, let's try the most basic thing, and if it doesn't work, then we are literally in the exact same boat we're in now. Or... You're in worse. Or, or, I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, and gentlemen at the table... You could let the DM do what he has planned. Okay. How would you do that? Give me a spell check. I'm just curious if you could. What did you roll? Ten plus four. Being completely honest, this enchantment is a really high-level spell. Something that far is far beyond what your average wizard or sorcerer could cast. What is your natural, um, as a sorcerer? It would be my charisma plus my proficiency, so that'd be four, five, six, seven. So that'd be 17. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. This is a spell that is incredibly hard to crack. It's DC was 18, which means... If you had gotten a 20, it would have been awesome. All I if you'd gotten a 19, one more. You would have at least understood the nature of the lowjack. You would have, if I'm being honest, 
you would have at least understood means to disrupt it, but you would have understood that in the situation you were in, even if you could have temporarily masked the presence of the skiff, it would have eventually been for naught. I would say that rolling a 17, admirable though it may be, Quinrus understands he's on the verge of a breakthrough. Something that maybe went to reach dry land would be maybe a character move. Something that, you know, maybe tracing this, this form of um, location wouldn't be a useful task. A more, um, I have a question. Um, yeah. As a as a DM to Quinris, do you believe Quinris would relate this to maybe a more um, a more magical version of that which a, a ranger learns naturally? Perhaps would you, like I said, you're on the verge of a breakthrough. Would you perhaps bring this up to Gorak and? As a DM, Gorak, would you maybe understand that though he speaks in more magical terms, maybe you two can come and find a, uh, a meeting ground of both ideas and discussion of which to bring this topic about? Um, Quinrus would, because as he had said... Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I know, obviously, you. Uh, the way I'm going to explain this is, uh, Quinris, you now have a, a, a an almost finite understanding of how this works. I'm going to ask, like you. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to make this sound cohesive. You're that one point off, and I want you to understand how this works. You bring it to Gorak's attention. Gorak, as a ranger, you've slowly learned how to. Track, I believe, as Gorak, it's humanoids? Humanoids and beasts. Humanoids and beasts. Yes. His second time he took beasts, instead of adding more to it. So, Quinrus approaches you. Quinrus, how would you, um, and I know I'm asking a lot, how would you word this if you were to try and put this Sahagan Lojack into simple, understandable speak without involving the arcane and the mystical trackings within. See, I've tried to explain the mystical trackings, but I feel like through my research, I found out that there is a way that there is an item that can completely track the exact location. Alright. Um, so basically, Hopner's Mark, but permanent spell, instead of having to cast it. I am almost there. other input, some other opinions to see if there's some way that they could, some way to look at it that Quinris hasn't looked at it that way. All I can tell you is it sounds like it's a... Yeah, it's not bad. Chad? Mm -hmm. Is that Gorak saying he wrote it down? Because I would love, 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 love. I had something I was going to say as Gorak. Would you like to give me perhaps... Um, as a DM, I'm willing to ask this of Gorak. Give me a knowledge nature role. I know that sounds really out of character or out of left field, but give me a role anyway. I was going to say it sounds like DC 15. 
with your um, whatever your ranger spellcasting bonus would be. Wisdom. Is it wisdom? Probably because I whatever your second highest stat is, which would be on your character sheet. This one. Thank you. Uh, wisdom. So what is your wisdom bonus? Uh, plus three. And what did you roll? A ten. Damn. But when you get his um modifier to it? His proficiency See. bonus, that is correct, which brings it to a sixteen. Thank you, Brandon, for both being Thank you. at the same time drunk and yet how many Oh and it's the plot for invest oh wait, no, that's for fuck. That's intelligence. What's that check? Survival though, that would work. No no, but nature I believe is a wisdom check, is it not? I don't have nature. Oh, uh, you're proficiency. not. He doesn't have wisdom proficiency. I have wisdom proficiency. No, no, in nature. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just speaking out of order. That is. I so took it in survival. That's why I said that would maybe work. It's so unfortunate, but on, I must say, as a DM, I am not seeing a proficiency in nature. Also, even worse, nature is actually an intelligence, which. Is he it? Has, I thought it was wisdom. Yes, nature is an intelligence check, not a wisdom check. Yeah. Which would actually bring him to a, tw- a nine? Uh, my intelligence is a zero. Actually, your intelligence is a minus one, as you have an intelligence of eight. No, we bumped up ten, remember? Okay, so then that's that's just not correct. Yeah. Okay. My apologies. This is the this is the bad sheet. The uh, good sheet's this one. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. There is some minor things going on in the background. So you at least know you have a ten. You're like, you yourself as a ranger, like, you fundamentally know how it works, but to be able to convey that to, I'm going to put it thusly. You have conventional ranger techniques, I'm going to put my hand up there, mixed with the sorcerer's magic of Arcana. And you, you two both understand fundamentally what you're speaking of. You know how they both track, but it's being able to find that common ground between the two to be able to intermingle the act of tracking somebody while also being able to confine such a refined and unique technique to something as so simple as a a spell that activates under a specific condition that you two are unable to combine the knowledge together to be able to crack that code in the skiff that makes you go, it's obviously feasible but would require resources far beyond what two simple men on a boat in a growing storm are capable of under such laborious conditions. Both of you give me a constitution save. <laughs> DC 11. Wait, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a few. 15. 13. You both make it. <laughs> I have a zero con modifier, too, so it's like... It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, I have plus two, so... Awesome, but um, oh dear. Oh no. Oh dear. Is that what I think it is? It's a 17. Wait. For those of you who have been waiting for the meat of the episode, welcome. you and Parter are among the crow's nest. You see. Quinrus and Gorak studying beneath a small hempen tarp, the skiff of Sahagan. <coughs> you know Parda grows ever fearful of the water below. 
she briefly transforms into a hawk and flies below and perches herself behind the the rear bow before flying back up to you and re-bringing herself to her elbow and goes, I think we're going to be followed. That's not good. I concur. I don't have any bona fide proof, but I sensed... I don't know how to put it. It's Being followed is one thing, but it's almost as though... I believe the term is chum. Chum in the water, and we're chum. The ocean thinks we're... We're food. I'm no one's dinner. <laughs> now, I, I don't have any... <laughs> that is the perfect reaction. That is the absolute perfect reaction. What? <laughs> oh, you mean me fishing? Yep. Well, don't worry, Brandon. Quinris and Gorak are completely 100% absorbed into discovering the magic of organs. Basically, me and him, I'm like, so it's like a displacer beast. Yeah, you two are. Yeah, actually, it would be like that. Stop, 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 stop. You two are just off having your own little discussion. I can't prove it, though. It's almost like something's below us, but behind us. Lightning strikes in the distance as the echoing boom of thunder lurches across the waves. You being high above here, if only seconds before the wreck. Vareed, give me a spot check. DC 12. 12! Sweet. Vareed, you notice as she flew to the... And I'll use the ships front to front to back as a north-south towards the, and I air quote, south of the ship. As the lightning strikes and the flash of light illuminates the ever-preceding horizon, the faintest shadow of a creature that lurks behind the ship to recede back into do I have a, uh, I, I don't know, a, a an alarm of some sort? <laughs> if I'm going to guess, it's probably going to have a bell up in the crow's nest, because usually you want to have a bell then. That is fairly correct. I wouldn't assume it's a very elaborate bell. It might even be something as simple as... If you've ever played Sea of Thieves, it's literally just a piece of rope with a yep. attached to the... Not even that. I would... Yeah, no, actually, I, I kind of concur with Chad. You might have a simple piece of string you can ring which would ring several bells throughout several cheers of the mast which would then at the very least alert the the crew surrounding the main mast whether they be uh securing the deck or moving crates which would then allow them to alert further beyond the ship it's actually a bell about this big and it's a rope attached to the hammer that's what i was saying i know but i wanted to be dramatic still dramatic (laughs) I, I ring the bell. What be the problem, Master Fighter? Something's below us and behind us. The captain looks puzzled. He he kind of he goes out to the stern of the ship, 
Actually, I believe the stern is neither. It's either port or starboard. Sorry, I'm stern totally blitzed. The stern is the best? I believe so. Port, I think so. Port, starboard. There's port. Port is left, starboard is right. Stern could either be front or back. No, stern is back. Stern is back? Yay, front change the mechanism. Aft, I think, is front. Yeah. Yes, I'm so happy. The captain does run to the stern. Sorry, this is totally off the cuff. He runs to the back of the ship, and you notice he... You see him pull a small cylindrical and eclipsing item and he pulls it up to his front and he searches behind him for a moment. Bow to the front, by the way. Thank you. Chad, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) It was bugging me too. Uh, It was bugging all of us, but one of us has to just keep spouting nonsense. (laughs) Stern is back. So Stern was right. What? Stern is right. Yes! Sorry, I'm going to relish in this moment for a moment. And we're done. So he, he, he takes what is obviously a, a minor telescope and he searches the waters behind the ship. I see nothing breaking the water. You said below us, I. And behind us. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he, you can't, you, you can tell through his, um, the way he moves and the way he, he rather hurriedly collapses his telescope and places at his side that something is weighing on him deeply. Varid, though it pains you, would you move perhaps closer to the deck of the ship at this point, knowing that danger looms and you might be better served for any... Combat purposes? Yes. Yes, I will. I wasn't going to say combat, but... In case of any on-deck emergencies, perhaps your great prowess and strong men purposes would be better suited to something such as the deck than that of a lonely barrel at the top of a piece of wood. Yes. Parta, while not as strong, similarly agrees. I'm going to go towards the front of the ship and keep an eye out. Holler if you need help, okay? Mm -hmm. If you don't, I'm going to smack you. And she assumes, of course, the form of a, a, a minor hawk and flies towards the front prow of the ship. Mac, would you mind giving me an athletics check? Not necessarily to see whether you succeed or fail, but to whether or not you see it faster. Plus. What is athletics? Athletics is. Okay, so a. Do you have proficiency? I do have proficiency in it. And it's a strength check, so... Of course. (laughs) I believe I heard a 21? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Quintus and Gorak, you hear that Vareed has sounded the alarm audibly and aggressively concerned that something is following as you're inspecting. Perhaps this is what breaks your conversation as he goes, Something's behind us, Captain! And you see him grab onto part of just below the mainsail, one of maybe the netting, and he just quickly descends, scaling below it and jumping off just before the uh, the lower mast, and he hits the deck and not quite heroic, but so panic. If you Gorak just dumps the bucket over the side of the boat and then drops on the on the deck and pulls out his bow. Well So Quinters is no, no, no. Quinters is 
first reaction would be instantly detect magic to see if it's magical means that you can cast spells. And wait. Or Several that things. it's not oh. assaulted by it, but it's following that way. Two questions. Brandon, what makes you assume it's magic? It wouldn't be that he assumes it'd be he will he'd want to make sure it's not anything. Second question. What would be casting magic out in the middle of the ocean that would immediately give Quinlis pause? As um, priorly mentioned, the captain, uh, the captain, fuck me, captain. The captain mentioned a marine. Now that is my inter- interpretation of the pronouncing of such a creature. Put your dice down, please. I'm so sorry. Marine. A marine is for listeners who may not know. A Marid is a water genie, similar to a genie or an Efreet or Dale. It's a superbly amazing creature that lurks far beyond the ocean surface where a ship would um, lurk. Even if a, a Marid's um, lair was far below it, it would be far too flippantly. Like, it would not even consider a ship on the surface of the ocean a remote. Uh, interest to it, unless it knew such a vessel carried something of great importance, which, as much as I love you as players, are not. <laughs> Ouch. I'm just sorry. We are not the replacement. That was, that was a joke. That was a joke. I, I so, being um, as a contestant to Quinris's reply, do you firmly believe that Quinris would waste a spell slot on detect magic for something that could just as easily be explained by biological phenomena. No, as a third level spell, no, because like a second person. Yeah, he'd be able to waste it, but not as a rogue spell. That's my point. Would he really waste detect magic on no. what could easily be explained? I don't hear a woman's voice singing right now. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Ariel? Thank you for getting my off tune. No, I. God, why is that there? Not important. But so. um, Quinners would at least prepare. Like he would try to be. He'd be as alert as he possibly could in that situation. Obviously, you like when when your team's fighter says we have a problem. Mayhaps you actually have a problem. And now, almost Mayhaps. an hour into our lovely session, things are happening. God, has it been an hour already? Yeah. I hate myself. Drunk me has no sense of time. Nope. <laughs> I thought it's been like ten minutes. No, no, it definitely has felt like it's dragged on, but maybe a half hour. Skipping aside the drunk sense of time. Who is joining the captain among the stern of the deck? Quinnis. I am. I'm oh, just... Marine? Quinnis? Yes, all of you are joining at the back of the ship. Sure, Captain. See anything? As dark as the seawaters are, I see nary a thing. You guys notice that over the course of your study, the slowly, almost um, joy-evoking blue skies have slowly been gripped by the Seven hours. Maybe not continuously, but obviously 
gray skies grow ever grayer. Uh, I move towards the front of the ship. There is no difference, Mac. You're only moving into the center of the storm, and Breed knows it. <laughs> but if you'd like to move towards the, the front of the ship and join Parda, yes. by all means. I join Parda. You join Parda. Before I uh, move to you, Mac, <coughs> Gorak Quinris. Yes, sir. I was about to say, before he walks off, it's like, do we want to shoot a bow back where you saw something and see if something happens? That is an excellent question. Breed. Don't poke the bear. It's about to poke us if we don't. You don't know what's happening. You just know you saw something behind him. You don't know what it was. I'm sorry, Gorak. Fine. However, Gorak as a... Gorak does have a fair point. Shooting a warning shot off the bow might serve as a nice deterrent. At the same time, it might, as Breed so eloquently put it, poke the bear. And when the bear, as the druid put it, is the entirety of the ocean, is it worth poking the bear? Does Gorak know she said so that? She doesn't, but is Breed willing to say something? Brandon, if you'll give us a moment. Just hold on to your bottle water. Parda thinks that the ocean is angry at us and that we are chum in the water. It would not be the ocean, it'd be the northern wind, but that's not something I'm going to talk about right now. <laughs> Read it. Read the intent of the conversation. Uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of beasts, even if they are that big, something scary and explosive might scare it off. Anything that we can do would only be like an ant biting you. Ants could fucking hit. Could piss you off. <laughs> I'm gonna piss it off. <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna fight, we might as well get it over with. Fight what now? Not necessarily. He doesn't I know. mean, we don't know what, what it is. We don't know necessarily if it's hostile. We know it's calling us, so that doesn't make it good. That doesn't necessarily. Does anyone want to call out here then? See if maybe it's a friend. Sure. Do not take it. <laughs> See if it's a friend. <laughs> While everybody is discussing whether or not they should see if anything's a friend, you guys. Among the port bow, feel a small surge of something pass beneath your feet. Something distinctly large enough to even rock a ship so vast as this. Which I feel like is as good a time as any, considering I've skipped to the last two episodes. You guys have heard of this ship affectionately known as Avaricia. Do we know what that means? Or is avarice is mildly Italian. Uh. <laughs> and avarice is basically a really cool way of se 
Greed. <laughs> well, it says about scratching the clothing. Okay, I, I can roll. Thank you. But anyway, do you feel? I'm sorry. I just I was like I keep building that up. <laughs> you guys feel something very aggressively swim and not quite. Nothing touches the boat, but you know that something has at this point distinctly made its presence known along the left side of the the ship underneath it to visibly disrupt not only its path, but the way it sails along the water. Well, either that was a good big giant whale saying, hello, mates, or... Yeah, or... Definitely a whale. Definitely a whale. You guys are back by the, uh... We're at the stern. Yeah, you guys are at the back, but you guys are near the, uh... I'm only going to refer it as the pilot at this point. You guys are near the, uh, the helmsman. That is the proper phrase. Thank you, drunk me. Who appears to be actively fighting the wheel at this point. He's trying to keep it amongst the current. You know, distant thunder. The storms are getting louder and this man is actively fighting, trying to keep the the ship in its correct course, if it's even going the correct course anymore, as your conditions worsen. I just quickly pop my head over the railing and look down to see if there's anything. Um, Chad, would you mind elaborating for me a, a bit further? I just want to see if I can see anything in the water that looks like it's grabbing onto the rudder. Nay, you see nothing grabbing at the water. You know that, um, judging by the helmsman's, helmsman's rev- relative, uh, we'll say, difficulty, it's mm-hmm. not so much that something is actively hampering the ship, but that the condition of the ocean is becoming harsher and harsher to the point where keeping it where he wants it to go is harder. That is something, actually, I should mention, all of you are able to willingly and ably see and understand that this is not obviously normal seagoing conditions. God, part of me wants to really know how this is turning out. <laughs> I know. Shoo. Captain? I. How many storms have you been through? He looks at you almost mildly concerned that you don't believe he has the ability to take on such a mild, like, let's be honest. The phrase he would go with, you think I cannot handle this piss in the wind. I was going to say this. My mother had a gift at knowing when things were wrong, and I think I might have it too. Something doesn't feel right, even though this might be something no use to you. What was your first guess? The fact that a perfectly clear sky became grey? The fact that something veered around us from our left side? Or was it the fact that your demon got worried? Maybe all of that. If it took more than two of those, I'd say you need to sharpen your senses, lad. Be not worried. You're in the great 
Men to arms! It appears we have a few guests entertaining our waters this evening. It's another fucking planet. Yes! God damn! That's why I was about to look at you and go, do we want to stop this and then start the battle for the next no, episode? No, we don't keep it's going while I on. am super disgusted. Yeah? We have enough time. You see the, uh, you see the helmsman just sort of like look at him and he nods, and you notice they only in, in shifts of two or three will only briefly um, relieve themselves of their stations, and the other crew will disperse to manage where crews been lost as they slowly arm themselves with spears, and um, you'll notice some what left with only rope around their their hips return with cutlasses and the occasional few maybe higher ranked of the ship return with maybe a flintlock pistol. Ooh, so it wouldn't be six. As the, the crew slowly arms itself over the next 15 minutes, you know the storm itself doesn't necessarily worsen. Gorak. Trying to remember what spot is. And that would be a perception for your wisdom. Oh. Uh, five. It's a five. You don't notice anything particularly interesting at all. You notice the the sea continues to to grow foamier at the mouth as a potential meal. He's still courses. got an upset stomach, so he's trying to focus on keeping everything down. If that's like how you would like to relate it. Yeah. Feel free. I don't say shit. I'm not going to ask you to for yeah. anything. As you are yourselves busy preparing for any ill tidings, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now for the meat of the session. Before we enter anything, what would you like to enter? It might be a good time to cast water breathing. Somebody sounds like they're nervous. Why? Honestly, um, so where is this storm relevant to us? Hold on. I love your question, and I'll answer it only when it's necessary. Arcana, what would ever give you the idea that you need water breathing? And did you ask that in character as I didn't see your hand up? Yes, I did say that in character. Do we know anyone who knows what they're breathing? I would like to put two things forward. Out of character. Mm-hmm. Both of you can assume that he's a powerful sorcerer. And mm-hmm. it's very likely that he has something that would enable you to it at least temporarily. See your last moments of it. Basically, I say that and then we just both look at him. <laughs> Quinris, would you like to assuage their fears that they are safe in a <gasps> sense underwater? How close is the storm? I'll get to that in a moment. Everyone if... is preparing for battle. We're on a ship. Bad things happen in battle. So if, every, if I see everyone's preparing for battle, correct, with all the warnings, I would cast water breathing. Why? 
because we're on a ship in the middle of the ocean. But there's no... I would like to... Um, because the creature is underneath the water, and it is on. clearly... Or whatever it is. Hold on. Okay. First of all, I have not said how large this creature is. That is true. Two, I have made no sense of any of the ship remotely being concerned of going underwater. Three, I have not made mention of a single crewman being thrown underwater. And four, I'd like to point out how circumstantial water breathing truly could be. Now, my best guessing I is for Chad, 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 I love you, and I love your point of thought. However, I'm saying something. Water breathing, if you start to see people going overboard, or even further than that, if you see the crew beginning to down and quaff potions that would grow them gills, if you notice that even the crew fears going into the depths, mayhaps you would cast such a spell. But no one did that. But right now, I would say that it's party paranoia that is fostered among For Reed being like, I don't like water. Correct. While I love all of you out of game, in game, Vareed would be the only one concerned about going overboard, and I don't think right now even Quinris would consider doing such an act because the crew has not begun such an act. Right now they've only armed themselves in case of marauders and other creatures that are of intent and for now you've seen only what would be considered warning shots if that it could be something curious curious it could be even passing by the only idea your characters have of anything happening is because I, as a DM, are trying to make it clear to you that something is going to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, outside of that, what would you do? knowing that something is merely probing your presence among the high seas, when danger is lurking but not present. Hmm. Anyone want to put their foot in the water? (laughs) (laughs) The captain looks at you almost mysteriously like, do you want to lose a foot? (laughs) An arm, a leg? Not me, I'll say if someone else was an idiot enough to do it. If the other crew isn't going for a dip, matey, I'd suggest keeping your tongue where it belongs. <laughs> Fair enough. Alrighty. He kind of approaches you three. I see your druid has the front of the ship. Master, oh holy oath, I'm not sure what you are. I don't mean to offend your magical school, as it were. Perhaps keep an eye out on the horizon, should anything untoward threaten our vessel. 
I trust you'll be apt enough to let us know where it be going. Yes, sir. You, I believe, I'll just call you by your turn. It's very simple. Master Swordsman, keep the deck safe. Aye. And you, Archer. I have a simple task for ye. If somebody rings the bell, shoot in the water. If anything that's not human comes on the deck, help him. <laughs> Are we clear? I Don't patronize me, son. I'm just from the wrong plane, sir. <laughs> Red shirts, let's show the ocean who's boss. And you see them. Oh, I'm so sorry. <coughs> you see them man their stations as many of the men grab rope into their hands and begin to fasten far flinging knots amongst the ship to keep the ship sailing straight and hard, pointing towards your general destination. Does anybody um, among their station as they keep watch amongst the deck join Parda? I know, Mac, you had intended on it, so I guess mm -hmm. you would be first dibs. Mm -hmm. What was your intent upon joining your druid? Oh, I, I know I can trust the druid in combat. Is that really your only reason when... <laughs> and I must remind you, an hour into this podcast, the druid is being played by a mildly inebriated gentleman. <laughs> and not our lovely, lovely young lady. I forgot I even had her character sheet here in this now. <laughs> what is that for? I was just picturing something in my head. Fair enough. I'll, I'll allow it. They Obviously, they're the two with mental faculties available to them. Well, I'm assuming stern bow. Since he made it sound like it was basically like a little U-shape in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's like I, the ship in Divinity 2. Kind of, yeah. Or any pirate ship in any culturally available reference in to Any you. European culture, because of yep. Chinese ones are interesting. Well, Matt, w was that your only intention to join the druid in case things went south? Then see if she just sensed anything. Would you like to bring that up in conversation? Yeah. Please. You, uh, I guess to set the scene, you see a lone hawk, soggy and angry, sitting among, towards the front of the railing, just above the mermaid prow of the ship, staring off into different sides and kind of like shaking itself. Have you sensed anything since we were bumped? She like looks towards you and like flaps her wings and briefly transforming and goes, I hate the rain. It really messes with me when I'm a bird. But it was something big, 30 feet at least. Hmm. Were it any bigger, it'd start to eclipse the ship. Damn. Thankfully it's 
It's shorter than the boat, but if it had friends, well, you see lightning trickle through her fingertips before she, like, shakes the impulse. And say this, the current we were following led us here for sure. I wonder where it will take us next. Is that all? That's all she has to say. Yeah. And I remember staying up there. She does not transform back into her uh, bird of prey. Rather, she stays just like now that Chad has been messing with her giant black dragon horn. I'm just making a thing to represent whatever we're about to fight. I wasn't sure how big it was until we were going to use like just two of those. Aren't you pretty? How many crewmen are on the ship on top? Um, enough that I don't think you'll need to worry about them. They would honestly just clutter the board. Ladies and gentlemen, the DM needs a a small break to uh, wet his throat, and I'd honestly rather not subject you all to that, so we're gonna be right back. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. That was only a temporary blip for you, but an eternity for us. Our cast is preparing to, well, weather the storm. <laughs> Vereen, you had just talked to your druid companion, and Quimmers and Gorak, both of you are start the ship talking to the helmsman who is fighting the wheel rather aggressively you notice the captain has descended to the main deck and is tracing his hand among the main rail as he ponders the aggressiveness of the sea you know he's just past the the main staircase and he he looks perhaps longingly perhaps worried at Ocean of this island. Are those chastering types of ones that you think could be causing those issues? What do you think, Tom? I think perhaps say that it could be. Yeah, in character. Also. Well, he seems concerned. What do you think? I, yeah, it's his boat. And we're in a storm. I would be a little worried too. I think it would be better not to protect the uh, ship from uh, water, the uh, skiff. If you've got anything that can help keep water off, I would say yes. Oh my god, the ocean. I can find the dragon skull. While he's looking that up, are either of you going to perhaps ask the captain while the DM does DM stuff? You know that's really good when he says that. Dear. Oi, Cotton! See anything? Only the love of the ocean caressing my ship, if ever so tightly in her breast. Awake. Also, no 
not to scare ye land lovers, but there was a ship the size of another sh a shark the size of another ship about a league back. Uh. Oh. Um. Not to concern the ocean, the rock is filled with beasties what be the size of abnormally large things. Like grouper the size of Volkswagens. What's a Volkswagen? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what That's is that? uh continental speak for abnormally large wagon. <laughs> James? Yeah. It could be the, the automated what you were talking about what? for later. Remember the, the driver? The self-driving carriages? <laughs> no, no, there was no self-driving carriages. They are very clearly misremembering things. <laughs> things that I've teased. Hey, Mayor, leave that alone. Right? I'm the one who's completely blitzed and somehow... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> We're stopping this right now. Nipping it in the bud. That was your one scene. Um. Also, that was a reference to the fish that are rumored to have already come from the Hoover Dam in Las Vegas. <laughs> Great. Anyway, you know he's he's obviously referring to aquatic mammals of unusual size. But aside from his hearsay, you've no proof. It's shadows and if only minor disturbances. Until. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Until. I don't like until. I know you don't like until, which is why I'm going to say it. Until. <laughs> several great waves cascade above the starboard bow and if only soak the captain's trousers. This does not disturb him. What does is the color of the water, what stains his britches. A deep and muddy mahogany brown. That which the tea, the sea should never be. Garak, you need your dice for this situation. You, you have the, the faintest smell of what would normally be salt. Something so foreign to the seas that you've read that it could only be alien germ. No, there's not a UFO, but the descendant of one left angle. Vareed, mm -hmm. you find as you and Parda gather yourselves amongst the front of the ship a splash of the tides gather amongst the prow and you see the the edges of the wood turn from a a bright and loving brown to ever dark and black as the seas themselves seem to begin to eat away at the beginning of the ship hey. Zinris yes are you still awake yes I am that's not what I asked <laughs> you asked if I if I am still Correct. Same. I'm not exactly the answer you're looking for. Oh, I'm sorry. I swear I just said yes. 
No, you said same, and I have audio proof. But that's okay. We love you. As you're still able to answer. <laughs> Quinrus. Obviously needs a nap at this point. He does. You're slowly falling asleep. I can slap you if you want. Gorak, there's no need to rouse what is obviously an awake companion. <laughs> Running to the forest. <laughs> Quinrus, you feel... In the sense of the rain and times, you feel almost at home, which is so strange in your surroundings. You have this sickly, bitter scent in your nose, reminiscent of perhaps a scaly companion you've not seen in many years. Are we seeing it slowly getting eaten? Am I seeing it slowly getting eaten? You don't... You're at the point where you don't see the deck. The deck itself that you're standing on isn't. Vareed, however, is next to the railing. And this is completely out of character, so you wouldn't know this, but I'm explaining to you as a player. Vareed himself is next to a point where he can see the tide slowly beginning to eat away at whatever the captain might have put on the ship. You, however aren't actively looking for such a thing. You're kind of towards the helm and kind of keeping an eye on the horizon, not so much the ship, whereas Vareed, actively concerned with the ocean consuming himself, would be concerned with anything coming over the deck that isn't a creature. <laughs> Quinrus, I saw your hand flicker, if only for a moment. You had a concern? No, I was wondering if I would see, have any knowledge of that from what I can see, but I didn't know where I was, so I didn't know about it. Hmm. I, I probably wouldn't be able to my wisdom god, of course, she knows what you're looking for. That's not important. Moving forward. I'm just going to do a DM thing and say that something happens, which it most certainly does. Oh, happy day. 90 minutes in. I'm just going to pull up a stat sheet. Where is it coming <laughs> up? Yeah. Where is it coming up? Oh, oh don't worry. All around us. Now, now, my son. Charybdis. There is no Charybdis. There's no Kraken. There's no all Hydrea. Skyla. <laughs> Mosasaur. <laughs> what? There's no Mosasaur, no Plesiosaur. Pathfinder has yeah. those, though. Smaller platforms, like this. Us. Oh, I'm not even going to get into how weird that statement is, but you'll listen to it later and go, what the fuck was I on? I <laughs> and going, what the hell? I just, that was so Off scary. the starboard bow, you feel a sharp disruption in a crashing green and yellow wave crest upon the mahogany bow, and a sharp impact jostles you all. My first reaction would be to just see if any water got on the skiff, because I have been concerned about that. You so. know that just from the brief tide that cascaded, nothing would have touched the skiff. I will let you know as a DM when the skiff becomes relevant. <laughs> and I'm honestly going to be real right now. The skiff's probably going to lead to a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> Gauging how long this episode's taking, because I have no sense of pacing when I'm drunk. Or when I'm sober, but I'm working on it. 
Following the sharp impact off starboard, you, you feel one more port starboard. It appears there's not one, but several things shadowing you. Before the waters fall eerily, eerily still. Before you all hear a fell song begin to carry the air. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no, no. Just because you say nope doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You must acknowledge it. We know. Oh, so sorry. So I have to do my three, sh- two shots in a row. So I was thinking about my third one. What? No. itself beckons you below its waters. Vareed, even in the front of the ship, you notice several fins begin to race in front of you. Though they be not quite leagues. I want to say leagues because it's oceans, but you see two quite colossal, let's be honest, dorsal fins, the size of men peeking out in front of the water. You know they belong to several creatures and their wingspan would be vast. Vast enough that a single one of those creatures could enter upon the ship's deck and carry it to its full capacity as far as size. And there are two racing in front of you, surfing amongst the waves. The white and gray tips sinking below the foam and rising again coursing in front as though guiding your ship into oblivion. Gorak, you yourself, hearing upon the fell song, if for a moment hear the metallic twang of something crest below the ocean and above, to your left, if only the slight giggle of wind before dipping below the ocean. Quinris, mm-hmm. wake the Fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm still like No, you're, you're not. not. I am I am listening. Wake up. I am. You're you're I'm you doing this to visualize. Us? You are I doing am, this to sleep. I am picturing. We don't mix uppers and downers in him. <laughs> uh, he hasn't given any uppers, that's the problem. Okay. Back to business. Quinris. Yes, sir. You are taking in all this information. You have this slightly acidic rain beating down on you, you hear this song. And while you may know its origins as well as the rest of them, you only fear that in your pursuit of more magical items, you know what mayhaps lie in store. But you cannot prove it. As you hear the song grow louder from the light, I need you to give me a DC 13 Oh no. Lord God, give me a one. Plus two. Hey, he passes. That is a 17 plus two. You resist the urge to go towards the decking. Would my, from my knowledge and study of magical things, would I have any idea to be able to roll to see if I know what it is? Or origins or anything regarding that? Just said you do. 
I just said you know what it is, but the problem was, could you resist its allure? You kind of understand the general song, as do most seafaring. Chad, you had something to say out of character. Would you know Conan Silence? I do not. Fuck. So sorry, gentlemen. You don't know Cone of Silence. It's almost as though drunk me planned for this. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn. Cone of Silence is way too high level of a spell for Mary. Does she know it? Even if she did, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Like, hey, Simon. <laughs> Reed, mm-hmm. you see the creature because you can't identify it just because it has a dorsal fin doesn't mean you know what it is. Mm-hmm. You see the dorsal fin on the right begin to veer and slow to your right as you see it begins to keep in pace with the ship, probing. Should we engage? Hold your horses, landlubber. A ship as nary as small as this is no concern. Creatures of the deep probe us all the time. And weather as this is nary a concern. I've said that twice in a row. I'm sorry. I don't know better words. Until something boards my ship unannounced. I'd not draw my as, and though on cue, something boards the ship. <laughs> because, of course, we're going to have a fourth wall breaking moment as this. All of you notice at once as the creatures of the dip, deep begin to align themselves around the ship. Several familiar grasps of water hold themselves among the bow. And you see several familiar humanoid creatures begin to assault the vessel, as best I can put it. Would the party members mind rolling initiative? 17. Hold on. 7. 4. I have a 4. I have a 7. I have a 17. And I have part of crit. Of course she did. It's part, it, no matter what form Parnas takes. It doesn't matter who plays Cart or Parnas or Crit. So now I'm just going to do some minor. Uh, oh Christ. Oh Christ. Okay. I don't like that. Oh. Something just got an 18 or a 19. Oh, I, oh. Like, I like those words even less. Oh. I like that even less. <gasps> yeah, that's funny. Oh dear. How many of these things are there? Oh god. He's still going. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> I'm surprised that he sounds like track a you of all this stuff. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you still rolling? Because that's how many people I had. So now I'm going to let the app do the initiative for me. <laughs> but it gave you all the fear of God, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll pound my 
foxy. You know, it literally helped <laughs> my, my vision on and off during the contest I had. Uh, where are they all standing? Chromatic orb. Hey. Spell. Hey. The hey. Spirit. Hey. Hey. 20 foot radius. Let me see. I'm jumping up. No! No, 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 no. You can't cast level five spells. Oh, sorry, fourth level. Petrolic Spear is a level four spell. It is a fourth level, dude. Do we want to make that bet? I. It is a fourth level. I love how they just go. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll give me just a moment, Vitriolic Spear is a fourth level spell. <laughs> but would you dare risk casting it? 20 foot radius sphere. James. What? Where are they all standing? Um. Breaking every. Yes, this is bonus action. Hold on. The board is set up, the parties are played, and there's so many, so many figures on the board right now. I believe our intrepid editor has secured a picture of it already. I'm going to actually take a picture of this exact moment. Is the dragon actually there? I mean. Are the creatures there? Or are they oh, no, 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 you don't see that. Okay. That actually still doesn't exist. So, a swarm of sea creatures grapples and lapels upon the deck. Harpoons, tridents, cutlasses, all covered in barnacles, swarming the decks. As the deckhands arm themselves, you hear a flurry of flintlocks release themselves into the air. Perhaps a few of the nautical beasts are cut down before you even drew breath as the sweet, sickly air refreshed. We have our initiative drawn, and I believe a few of the creatures among the deck move first, and you hear the squeals of deckhands as steel meets steel. As for players, Gorak, the time So I'm gonna take the one behind me that looks like a this one and this one. This guy. Ah, the super impressive looking one, whom you noticed is more than more tall than you. If I'm gonna be honest, if I had to equate him to something to give everybody a point of reference, he kind of looks like that one super awesome guy, the really super scary Ocean King from One Punch Man. If he wasn't wearing red trousers and instead he was wearing absolutely nothing but a super fearsome trident and looked like he'd survived uh, a thrashing from a giant shark. So first off, I'm going to throw Hunter's Mark on him. <laughs> of course, as expected. Is that a primary action or a bonus action? It's a bonus. Excellent. And I'm then going to use my first bow attack. Excellent. So you're going to cast Hunter's Mark. Remind me, what does Hunter's Mark do as I'm not all here? Hunter's Mark, uh, when I make an attack, basically lets me do an extra d6 of damage. So if you hit, it hits even harder. Yep. Wonderful. Go ahead and give me an attack roll. Fuck! What'd you roll? I crit failed. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, dear, Chattington, you find that... Absolutely. 
So, the first attack fails. Oh, no. So we have to see what happens. You find as you try to find your bow and you're heaving. You, you had your hand among the cylinders and you practiced it so many times before. And in the moment as the searing rain caresses your skin so bitterly, you fail to find that spectral string that guides your shot as they lurch ever forward. However, as a ranger, you get a second attack, so please yeah. try again. 14 plus 2 with the bow. Plus proficiency. Plus proficiency. Would be more than enough to break AC if only just. Would you mind rolling for damage, which would be 1d12 plus 4 plus dex. Plus. Or 1d2 plus. 1d12 plus 2 plus dex. And do I. Don't I also get bonus for also it being a humanoid? Um. I believe a. What this is. I guess you could. I don't remember specifically what the ranger details on that are, or if there's anything like that. So I, I don't. Th- I actually no. It's, no, it's a plus two to my AC break. Never mind. It's just a flat plus two. Yeah. I was gonna say it is a humanoid, so. It's that. I think that's all it does. It just gives me a plus two to AC breaks on beasts and humanoids. So there you go. So just roll your damage. So. Eleven. Plus two. Wait, what, what did you... No, no. Oh, it's, it's 11 plus 2 plus, plus your dex. Plus... Shit. Plus 1. Yeah! So you did 14 damage. Plus 6. But plus 1d6. Mm. 2. Wait, so what's your so dex mod? 14. My dex mod is... What is your dex 12. mod? Oh my god, your dex mod, Chad. So it's a plus it's, one. Yeah. So it's three, so you did eleven you did sixteen damage. Yes. Yeah. Alright. You find that though you failed to grasp the string, you notice a the small flurry of rain perhaps illuminates the the black and green energies coalescing itself between the ends of the bow. Your second your second grasp finds purchase and the tendrils of energies release themselves from the bow and find its target rather magnificently if not all spectacularly as it collides into the if only briefly lurches back in the minor illusion painting. You find the minor Tahiri is more than willing to show us off. Unfortunately, Quinris and Vareed are towards the bottom of the chain. Mm-hmm. Vareed, you see Parda begin to channel a spell, although she's collecting her energy, waiting for the enemy to move. She's not released the spell yet, almost like she's using it as a, a detente. She wants it to... She's using it as a threat rather than acting upon it. Mm-hmm. It's now time for me to move all five of those pieces that you've been missing apart. Fuck! And we're gonna start with tall, dark, and scary. So... <laughs> you're top, dude. You're half awake by the entire encounter. 
No, I'm still I like I need to rush things. So oh, all the way it. here is going to just. Sh- well, that's fine. Go over there. Right up to him. Blind. Dang. I mean, it's perfectly within his movement range. Mm-hmm. You find that indeed your. As this creature towers over you, maybe a full foot or more, what would have normally been greeted with aquan, primordial, just gurgles and blurs. This vessel will be ours. And its planta, the oceans. And then he growls at you very intensely in a way I won't reproduce on this microphone because I want everybody to be able to listen to that, which is great. And he's going to perform a multi-attack. So we're going to try the first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's your AC? 15? Oh yeah, no, I break AC base on his bite. Defender's advantage, you survive the second attack. You, so you got hit twice. Oh. Um, hold on. So let's see. Here's the first attack. Two. For eight damage for the first attack. Damn it. Six to one minus eight. And five. You take 18 damage. So, eight, all, 18 altogether, or? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I rolled that wrong. I'll be perfectly honest. You took eight the first attack, mm-hmm. but I misused because he, well, I guess he could have done it with two hits, but whatever. Yeah, no, you, you took 18. I'm sorry, I completely. So, 18 altogether. 18 altogether. Oh, yay, 43. <laughs> You find he his first attack he he lunges at you with a maw similar to another beast you've maybe encountered on the land. Its name you maybe don't quite remember, but it is a fearsome foe. Where you you recall the the vast blackness of its maws that attacked you and maybe drew blood back then, but this time you you dodge it. If only just you remember the fear. But in its relentless assault, perhaps its trident nicks you, not in a way that would be life-threatening, maybe not even a way that would cause you even a matter of not so much concern, but, you know, it was a, it grazes your armor in a way that makes you go, if I mess up like that one more time, it'll be real. The other Sahagin. Helmsman draws his cutlass and charges the nearest Sahagin towards him. You see him clash steel and grab the other Sahagin by his sword and begins to throw it overside and begins to try and stab it before another Sahagin lunges its trident at him towards his liver. The two are intertwined in a state, a 
that stalemate of mortal combat before the next one moves on to Quinris. <laughs> Quinris, you find that a Sahagan begins to lunge towards you. <laughs> I think that slap is coming in. Oh my god, put if you put your dice down, you need you need to roll me one D four plus your wisdom modifier. So that's plus two um proficiency maybe? No 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 proficiency, just one D four plus your wisdom. One plus what it what's your wisdom modifier? I think that's a three. Two. Is it a three? Plus two. That's a three. Quinnus, you you turn about facing your foe and you smack it across his jowls with your staff and you find a rather calamitous wham amongst its jaw as you smack it to the floor. A thunderous boom brings about the stern of the ship. You guys notice the tides grow ever deeper, collapsing over the front ship. Vareed, as you hear this calamitous boom, you turn towards the back of the ship as you notice your foes coming against you. Mm -hmm. And you see that the tides begin to dampen the tarp over the skiff. What is normally a tan and cream-colored skiff turns a bell yellow. <laughs> the Sahagans gild as a fleshy So this is a Sahagan Eternal, right? Believe it or not, these two are locked in combat. Well, yeah, that's the... And actually, uh, I should say, sorry, those two are locked in combat. I'm going to mark this one as friendly, just so, so we have a... The well, black are the friendlies, right? The black no. no. No, no. These two are only. Enemies. I've only got one marked as friendly just because I wanted to represent where the helmsman was. And what's the radius on these two? They're within five feet of each other. If you are lucky, but they're all like they're all right next to each other. You don't have a clear shot. Thank you. Thank you. So. Okay. I would use my move action. We've got time. I know. To come around to get an angle on them. I would like to point out the fact that you have not only moved within that thing's attack range not once but twice, provoking an attack of opportunity. Okay, so I would, um, you said I don't have a line of sight on these two. Do I have a line of sight on this guy? You do. So I would use twin spell. You're going to mm -hmm. use twin spell on it. Mm -hmm. To cast, I would do the Trog Spear. No, Why would no, 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 Chromatic Orb. My, my mistake, wrong, wrong. Acid spell. And I would do Acid to these two. The one behind him and the Is one in front of him. Is it possible to cast Twin Spell on two separate targets? Yeah, because um, what it does is it creates... So a spell that only targets one can target two. Making sure. Mm -hmm. Good to know that even though he is tired and mm -hmm. tired of the Elite he still remembers his own rules. Mm -hmm. 
So that's four, five. So, so I do need seven. you to make two separate AC breaks. Five plus no. three, four, five. Not even close. Okay. That's a 15. I will say that attacks the larger of the two, and that has Hunter's Mark. Does that mean he also gets 1d6 bonus damage? I do not believe so. Where the fuck does Hunter's um, Mark go? I, I was casting it at you never second level. Let it be known that he cast it at second um, level. Sorry, I will work on making sure before Please my do. spell hits. Um, so it would be 48 acid damage so that I could get my plus four bonus. Excellent. So roll your 48. That's a one. Six, seven. seven. Eight, nine, 12. 12. 12. 13, 14. 14. Wait, wait, wait. 15, 16, 17. No, no, no. 21. No, no. He already rolled his four at 12. Yeah, he doesn't get it only. Oh, yeah, well, he 12 rolled. plus no, no. four. Yes, then. 12 plus 4. So you rolled 1, so then 6, then like you rolled you rolled 4 times, I believe, at that point, but you were turning to 12. Okay. Mac? Am I wrong? I don't. Th I thought that you said it was 8 it's D8. 4 D it's yeah. 8 no, 8 D8 is a blunt. Yeah. No, yeah. 4 D8, and I believe by the time you hit 12, that was 4. Mm-hmm. Alright. But I don't I 12, don't 13, 14, so 15 damage. At the very least it's 16 damage. I don't believe 15. that this you rolled 12 plus 4. 12 plus 4 is 16. Yeah, so that's five. Did that did mm -hmm. I say 15? You did. Yes. Not just once, but twice. I heard that. I'm sure everyone did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright. You've done more damage to it. Um you sling this orb and what was grazed by terror arrows of darkness has now had an orb of acid this thing assaulted. A great beast of the ocean, trident and scale, seems unfazed by your great assault. It merely shrugs off your wounds as though the rain on your skin. Vereen. Mm -hmm. Basically, all the creatures you see have moved no less than five feet towards you and Parda. Mm-hmm. None of which attacked, uh, provoked an attack of opportunity. Vareed, how do you plead, as it were? What, is, what are your actions in this moment, surrounded by Sahagan scale and steel? I am first going to attack this one. You are? Yes. I would like to point out, since you mentioned it earlier, that moving between your attacks would potentially grant attacks of opportunity between mm -hmm. any Sahagans you have not felled in battle. Right. Okay. And that's why I'm not moving. I'm attacking what's closest to me. Well, no, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm letting you know. Mm -hmm. No! Oh, dear. Oh, no. That yeah, is. Yeah. My first attack crit fails. What the hell is up with being him. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it appears that my dice know what I can. <laughs> 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 Alright, so what happens on my first attack? Okay. Or do you want me to roll for my second attack? Roll for your second attack. Okay. 
does... I heard a 13. Tells me. 13 plus... Does my sword give me any AC break or no? Um, I would say that this gives you a plus one. So that would be 14. Then yes. You hit. Yay. Sorry, I'm not in the final points. Mm -hmm. I'm debating whether or not your sword gives you AC break or anything. Okay, so I... Five, At least five. a plus one. We'll go yeah. right now. The precedent is your sword gives you plus one AC break. Yeah, that's uh, 11 damage. 11 damage. Your first strike, you you and Pardo were discussing the finer points of C when obviously everything seemed to have gone wrong at once. What you thought was a simple crest of a wave turned into an onslaught of foe, and your initial reaction was to rush that which had rushed to you. Mm -hmm. and your steel was met ill against your foe before your redoubling assault finds purchase. Mm -hmm. Alas, not enough to fell such a creature. I wouldn't expect it to. <laughs> Unfortunately, I now have to attempt to attack all of you. Repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Repeatedly. And repeatedly. Just firing what I actually get for favorite enemy. Oh dear. Mac. 16 is my AC. 16 is your AC. We're gonna die! <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, that one does not break the AC. That one matches, which was the resolve before. Defender's advantage. Mm -hmm. Parda lives. see Parda fending off somebody with her, her different quarterstaves when you, you hear the small tear of fabric. Mm -hmm. But no mortal wound. She does not yelp. Mm -hmm. In the midst of combat, you guys hear uh, <coughs> the entire ship basically hears Parda shout, or rather elven curse of lineage that is far too evil to even try and speak in common English. Yeah, I understand. I'm sure you do, but you're not going to repeat it. You wouldn't repeat it, Quinnus. <laughs> even if you were far beyond so <coughs> you would never utter such a curse amongst anyone, except your most <coughs> mortal foes. Looks at her and goes, what the? Just yeah. picturing a handsome Jack moment where he turns in the middle of the fight going, Language! <laughs> Language? So I'm going to just have some fun. So. I am running up Failed. 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 Definitely failed. One more. A failed. Mac, you see. Parda, well and truly angry about the way that these creatures seem to command the ocean.
populations live alone. Like they command this so integral part of the world. <laughs> Four, seven, 14, 21, 29, 31, 38, no. 42, 48 damage. Jesus Christ, what spells does she have? The best hand. What? Oh, is this at night? No. Did she oh, no, it's something lightning? Cast blight, and I just rolled forty. <laughs> I love blight. I have it. She basically just starts like using her elemental nature to just start sapping the like the actual like just life out of these creatures as you watch. Mo- it's eighty-eight necromancy. But I'm not in <laughs> targets one creature though. No range area thirty feet. So basically, right. she oh, just it's a creature you can see, draining moisture and vitality. However, so, it's Parda, and she's a legendary warrior, and I'm going to say she, that she's wearing something relating to energy, and I'm the DM, and I want this <laughs> to be a really cool moment because she's not here, and she damn well deserves it. I just it also it. says moisture, and you're in a very moist area, so. <laughs> so how many did she just moist. wipe out? Uh, she basically wiped out all the trash mobs. So all the little one dots? This? Yeah. Okay. The, all the trash mobs. How far does it go? No, 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 no. Just, just this top. Just deck. that. Actually, I would say she targeted the ones. Normally, white only targets one creature. Okay. So, yeah. and I'm saying those ones lived. Normally, it is. She'd been charging it for a while, so I'm gonna say that's kind of like a. They were close enough together. They were all within five feet of each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the DM, and I break rules. If it makes characters look really cool, sue me. <laughs> DM, rule of cool. Always a possibility. Always a rule of possibility. Anyway, she basically just sapped them dry, and instead of them dying looking like mummies, they basically suffocate from no moisture, and they collapse, like, clinging to your feet, begging. Mm. She looks and go, I warned you. Holy Good job. Shit falls. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> that, no more. Damn it. I'm sorry. There's the reference. Yeah. I just wanted to sing the song. I know. It simply withers and dies. That's right. We restart with the Sahagan Baron staring black in the face. What's your AC? It doesn't matter. It broke AC at all. I'm sorry. What was it? 18. <laughs> it did. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to give you the illusion of telling me your AC until I saw what I rolled. <laughs> this time it jabs you with its trident, intent on making its prey. It doesn't have a way. 35. I didn't use its multi-attack this time. I know. (laughs) I was waiting for you to go, and its other attack. No. This time it it jabs at you again, perhaps (laughs) once again clanging against some form of metal amongst your 
to overtake the helmsmen as they thrust their steel through his, his personage, his viscera, cascading along the deck as the steering is used. And the bow starts to tilt portwards. You have a choice. Defend yourself. DC 13. I have minus one strength rolls. Come on. 19. No, fuck. 13, 12. 12. I do believe I said a DC 12. You did. You said a 13. (laughs) You struggle as this wheel basically is at this point just just spinning end on end and you you try to grab and it continuously breaks free you're like trying to keep it forward but you can never keep it from breaking free of your grasp but fuck that angel calls fuck off angel not this time (laughs) unfortunately you cannot keep the steering wheel completely from diverting off course as the ship takes a sharp turn to the west, as far as the map is concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no turning it. Vareed, mm-hmm. you notice the prow dips sharp upwards and then crashes into the sea. A searing hot sensation bathes you in the air. And then you notice this ship, which was normally swaying, Feels as though you're going further down. Give me a spot check. A 19. You see as the sky grows ever dark, the silvery foam appears to be For the fourth time. Fourth. You find yourself on the end of a rope. <laughs> it's not Caribbean's though. Fucking good though. No, it's not good. As far as initiative turns go, while you are all fighting and staving yourselves off as spells and sorcery, steel clashes in the air, you hear the clangs and cracking below on the deck before you hear Captain Salazar declare his presence upon the vessel in a flurry of gunshots. You see no less than six Sahagans spill themselves upon the deck. So, so would somebody mind removing basically um, s- 
six dice uh, of a mixture of red and black over from this area. Sorry, we're just moving some dice. Hmm? Yeah. As long as there's six. Just no uh, black or gold, please. You guys, like, uh, Gorak, you're closest. You kind of hear this loud crash as a startle. You see Captain Salazar as he declares himself remove a brace of pistols from underneath his personage and his coat. And he just unleashes with these simple-looking pistols a flurry of hellfire and storm, the like of which only the ocean itself could conjure as large holes are torn from these beasts, the likes of which you've never seen, save for something as cognitively interesting as that flavor I read just now. You find that you returned. What's your move? So he's still holding me? He's not holding you, but he's in your face, trying to prod you with a really large fork. Can he use his bow in that close? I'm willing to say that it's not a traditional bow, so yes. <laughs> Although he has an axe, that I would have to dis. I would have to put it away and use a bow to say. Would you? You said that. I thought. I've never said anything about this bow. No, putting the bow away and pulling the axe out would be an action. Two actions, actually. I thought. You do realize that this bow is as simple as a small cylindrical rod the size of a microphone, right? Oh, fuck. Then, yeah, it's basically... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for realizing yeah. that there might be more to this bow than meets the eye. <laughs> there we go. There's, there's another reference. Sorry. So we'll say for the sake of interesting combat, you're able to stow it almost as an instinct. That's why I said it's basically just... Putting in the bag, <coughs> grabbing the axe with the one arm. Okay. And the two attacks. Yep. I'm gonna take a swing at this bastard. No. Fuck. So the first swing misses. Yep. Eighteen. Yay! Don't have to add any bonuses. And that's a one d eight. Seven. Five. Plus three? Plus two. So 14. Yep. Congratulations. We've got this thing down to half health. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> this thing just takes your steel. He just, he holds the heft of your axe between only one prong of its pitchforks. You just sneers at him. Certain to say. Your skin looks terrible. So does yours, mate. <laughs> I look forward to flaying your skin. Not if he I get to rose your axe away and just looks like he's ready to pounce. Mm. Quinris. I will say you successfully disengaged. However, I am going to have to nonetheless assault you. That doesn't hit. That also doesn't hit. And that also doesn't hit. You're so lucky I rolled nothing higher than a 13. <laughs> Thank God! <laughs> 13, 14, 15. 15. 
How does he not get like any bonuses with the dragon scale? I he do. Does. He That's does. why I have a base AC of 13. <laughs> he literally basically just a simple rogue. Vareed. Mm-hmm. It, um, it almost be my turn. I was going to say, you just... I wanted to make sure you had an action. If you want to continue trying to steer the boat, it will take another action. Otherwise, if you want to... So, if I use Quicken Spell, where a spell becomes a bonus action, you could cast a spell as a bonus action. It would require some of your sorcery points, obviously, of which you only have several. I have five left. Um, You can only target one enemy, as they are all within different sides. You can only hit one of the three who have assaulted you. Of which I should mention, this guy's freaking dead. You're down here. They're all basically right there. They're all surrounding you. But you can only choose one. Can I only do one? Yes. Unless. So what's the radius on everybody? Are they within 15 feet of each other? I would say you have some within 15 feet. Others are No, I mean, are they 15 feet apart if they're all right on me? If they're all right on me, they'd be less than 15 feet apart. So, I'm going to do Dragon's Breath then, as a third level spell. No. So that means I get to do 46 acid damage. Put them off. Um, They all would need to make a dex save, I Uh, believe. What's your spell casting mod? Like, your, your spell save. How would I calculate that? Since it's your Oh, this guy fall off or eight He's dead. plus oh. proficiency plus your spell eight, cast. Nine, ten, mind. eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen. What's your average rating? Sorry, we're doing some crunch. Which surprise, surprise, we always do live on air, and I'm not going to try and fudge it. They have nothing to do with decks. First one crit saved. First one got a thirteen, so fails. So two saved, one doesn't. So well, half damage to two. Yep, so... I'm going to declare this right now. The red dice is what crit. So he takes no damage. The other two black bases take half damage. 3d6? Or, I'm sorry, I guess technically... We'll say, actually, we'll say these two saved. They take half damage, this guy failed. Easier that way. <clears throat> wow. Five, six, seven, eight. So, nine damage is on the one that took full damage. Nine that took one on full damage. Five damage on the one that didn't. Mm-hmm. And one guy took no damage at all. Okay. That was your bonus action. Mm-hmm. So, that's your full action. You could use it to maintain the fact that... I must impress... Um, by this point... I'm going to say that your natural perception being pretty, at least average, I know it's not bad, you at this point notice that the ship has drifted in towards the dip in the maelstrom. There is a, a literal whirlpool the size of... I will try to pilot the ship out. So I'm going to require a full action for you to use the steering wheel. It's still a DC-13 strength boat. You need to actually roll it on the table as well. <laughs> Just flew at him. Oh. Just re-roll it. That failed. 
That was a 13. 13. But that's still a 12. Yeah. Mm. Once again, you're just barely able to keep it. You know that the ship ever slowly sinks underneath you. It's probably nothing. You do notice, however, you're relatively high. I'll keep party morale high. You're high on the wall, but rapidly descending into the maw of the deep. Probably will be. I hope to hold that to you. Gentlemen, be honest with me. Are you almost out? Oh. I know Max. What time is it? It's late. Ask the clock. Oh, God. I We've got to. Well, the I problem is we can't just up. leave this camp. This. Sure we can. i got to be awake in six hours, dude. I I know how I can cliffhanger it. Oh. In a way that would kill you all. Not it, literally, just. Um, dude, I gotta be waiting for the six sake hours for of digging and lawn work. For the sake of a party member, and for the sake of all of our sanity that you guys are home, I think we're actually gonna have to cut this short at a nice, crisp, clean, almost two and a half hours. Fuck! It's okay, because it's only gonna return better and harder than ever. Thank you, Chad. I'm going to leave you all with this memory. As the ship Avaricia is overcome with the dwellers of the deep, as creatures scaly and slimy armed with steel assault the vessel, their ships and creatures of the deep arming themselves to board ever further. Lurching into the depths as a maelstrom the size of what could only be described as a town grabs them by its eerily slender tentacle. You all hear the growl of a creature only fiercer than that of a dragon howl from the center of the pool. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Caravan 13. Have a wonderful evening day, night, wherever you may be, and may your journeys keep you well.